Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Austin Haynes with the Waking Justice Project. In today's podcast, we'll interview a true revolutionary who's making evolutionary change in their community. Resilient communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable global society. And the foundation of a resilient community is a just and sustainable local food economy. It's why the global revolution starts at home, at local farms and community gardens, at grocery co-ops and local food hubs, in your own garden, in your kitchen, and on your plate. The local food supply chain is the foundation of a self-reliant community, and resilient, self-reliant communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable new society, a new social system that will make this existing system of corruption obsolete. That is the revolution we seek. The real revolution is a strategic, non-violent revolution. It builds self-reliance and community resilience. The real revolution is a local revolt. My guest today is a super positive fitness personality with a passion for calisthenics, holistic health, and street workouts. He's a motivational speaker, celebrity trainer, and YouTuber, as well as a passionate seeker and giver of knowledge. I'm super excited to welcome to the podcast, Scott Bernhard. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, you thank got you, it, man. Thank you so much, man, because I've been following you uh, for a while now, and I came wow. across your videos on YouTube, uh-huh. and I think the first video I saw of yours was uh, the How to Prepare CMOS video. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And it seems like video. that one gets a lot of hits, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. When I was making that video, like, I didn't expect it to go, like, that crazy. Like, I was just, like, I wanted to share something with people who I'm really passionate about, which is, like, health and holistic fitness, you know, just being natural as much as possible. You know, we've been using, I'm from the Caribbean. We've been using CMOS for, you know, ages, but I felt like I just need to, you know, put that out there for the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you have a Jamaican background, and it just so happens Jamaica is the only other country I've ever been to. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. I've been to Jamaica, I think, about eight times now. Wow. Yeah. I used to live there. <laughs> right on. Yeah. What part? Um, I lived in uh, Kingston. I lived in St. Catherine. I lived in Kingston. My family's from Trelawney. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Jamaica, man. It's like a, it really is like a second home at this point. And I've always been really interested in, you know, the plant-based eating because that's a huge part of Jamaican culture. And I noticed yeah. that years ago, seeing sea moss was pretty abundant in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, ital food, you know, yeah, plant-based yeah, ital, food. Yeah. They don't call yep. it vegan, they call it ital, you know. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I got introduced to your videos. I got uh, introduced to how to prepare sea moss. I've been making it at the house for a while now. And, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, staying up on it, trying to get those minerals in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Essential minerals all day, man. So I also started a fitness program with uh, Bam Bam and yes, Irvin yes. Felix Talk John. Yes, that. Yeah, uh, called Let's Do Some Pull-Ups. So definitely shout out to those guys. If you don't know about them, definitely check them out. And uh, I started seeing you in their videos, too. So I was like, wow, 
all right, these dudes are all connected and it totally made sense because y'all are all super cool, super motivational, making similar content. And I was like, right on. <laughs> yeah. There's my brothers, man. They're my brothers, for real. For real. How's the program going so far on the no no weight machines? Um, You know what? It was going really good. I actually uh, had I one, like... Single name, man. Yeah. And they, you know, they gave me, like, what they call it, best... I don't know. I was the most active, I guess. Yeah, you were. And I tore a freaking muscle, man, in my chest. Oh, my gosh. And it started, like, bulging out. And I, I've basically taken about a month off. Right. And I don't know, you actually, I might just ask you right now, like, do you have, like, how do I heal? I was going to get a massage. You can get a massage. It's probably like the fascia tissues just need to rebuild itself. Yeah. But a massage should definitely help relax it. You know, like you can't really jump back into these things very quickly, but you can speed up the recovery process. So yeah. focus more on turmeric, focus more on anti-inflammatory foods and foods that's high in antioxidants, my brother. Yeah, sure. right on. So for the people out there who uh, may not be familiar with you yet, what kind of content do you normally make and uh, mm. what inspires that? Wow. I mean, for me, man, like content that really just speaks to my heart and speaks to my soul. Like deep down, I'm a creative. Like I've always been an artistic person. I, I used to draw, you know, cartoons and things. Like, I used to just draw. I, I did poetry before. One time I did like spoken word. So I'm very artistic. I'm, I'm a like full-fledged creative. So for me, I just pray from my heart. Like I'm very passionate about fitness. I'm very passionate about holistic health. Yeah. And I combine those two. And it's like, that's the content that you're going to see, you know, and also cooking as well, because cooking is part of holistic health as well. You know, you are what you eat. So that's where my passion comes from when I come to like creating content, you know? So, yeah. Right on. So you try to help people improve their personal health. My question is, how do you think improving people's personal health also improves communities and societies? I mean, that's a really good question because you have to understand that the community is made up of a multiple of individuals. So once you have a person that is improving their health and improving not just their physical health, but their mental health, spiritual health, you know, the Holy Trinity, once that happens, then that energy can be transferred to other individuals as well. All it takes is one person sometimes, you know. And no from doubt. there, you know, th this person starts to change, this person starts to change, this person starts to change. And you've seen a positive spread of that energy within the community. So for me, I think that's uh, very essential. It's very essential. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. So that's your normal content. Super motivational, inspiring, helping yeah. people grow their mind, body and spirit, as you yeah. said. So recently... Obviously, there's been a lot of unrest. Um, I've been also watching you marching through the street of New York, right? New yeah. York. Yeah. So major cities right now in response to George Floyd and multiple other people, like mm. cities all over the U.S. right now are just going ham, as yeah. they should, because uh, I feel like the consciousness level is rising in a, in a new way, you know what I mean? Where it's like, it's not just one city now. It's not even just cities in the region or the country. It's like the oh, world. Wow. Yeah. yeah, the world. So you recently made a video uh, and the video was called uh, What's Going On in America? Like, really? And you, you were very passionate about saying what was on your mind and speaking truth to power, just giving your thoughts on the situation. So... 
can you just tell everybody like why it's so important for people to um, express what's really going on as you did? Yeah, I feel like people need to come to reality and people need to be realistic with themselves of what is actually going on and to make a stand and, and say something about it. Because for, for me as a black man, I know history. I look into history. I know what it is. You know, sure. I feel like you can't move forward until you know about your past. And, and then that is so true. And yeah. from what I read from history, like us as black people, we've been going through so much oppression, you know, so much oppression is like slavery. And then after the whole slavery, then come the Jim Crow laws, the, the burning down of Black Wall Street, yeah. um, Emmett Till, countless, countless atrocities, you know, yeah. um, the Tuskegee Airmen um, test where they, you know, they, they treated us like lab rats to test out syphilis. It's just so much atrocities when it comes to um, being Black. And I feel like now is the time to really rise up and really understand that we are doing what our ancestors wish they could have done, but because of the extreme oppression, because of the slavery, because of not just slavery in the physical, but also slavery within the mental, you know, because that's how they no, did. No. They broke us down mentally and yep. say, you know what, you are slave and nothing more, nothing less. And from there, slavery was a way of survival. Yeah. You see what's going on. So one of the slaves tried to run away, they catch him back lashes probably a thousand lashes people look at that from a from a psychological um, point of view and it's like whoa i don't want that to happen to me so i'ma just you know i'ma stay in my place totally and that, that kind of mentality has brought on um to this day where people do have this uh slavery mentality they don't want to break free yeah because they're in captivity not just not physically but mentally as well so sure. This is the time that we need to really rise up and we really need to take a stand. Yeah. Because we, we were not able to do this in the early 1900s whatsoever. This, you look back into history, man, it's just like anytime we try to take a stand, they always put a, a, a foot on us. They always try to limit us. So now I, I love what's going on. I, I embrace what's going on. This is not just an American problem. This is a worldwide problem. Sure. When it comes to racism. Yeah. When it comes to treating black people very unfairly. Can you elaborate on that, actually? Um, because a lot of people, I don't think they really know, like, the history of the Caribbean in general. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people, um, if they see it in kind of like a shallow way, they might think, oh, well, like, Jamaica is a black country. It's black led. It has a black president. Like, you know, there's no uh, white structural racism happening there. But the history of it says otherwise, right? Co yes. With colonialism. Yes. And same for Cuba, same for Puerto Rico, yeah. Dominican Republic, you know, ha Haiti. All these countries share a very similar history when it comes to the colonial powers that be basically just taking over and spreading their culture and slavery and et cetera. So what's well, your thoughts? Well, you have to understand Let's that. Let's get deep yeah. on it. Um, you have to understand that the countries that you name are so-called in the West Indies. And the West Indies were named by a man named Christopher Columbus. He yeah. thought that he was in India. He thought he was like yeah. in the West side of India. Yep. It's funny that like the West Indies is actually the South. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Southern islands. Yeah. Uh, but somehow it became West Indies. 
And within the West Indies, there was extreme amount of colonialism, especially when it came to um, slavery, especially when it came to um, sugarcane, when it came to tobacco. The islands were rich in that. So what they did, they brought slaves from Africa, and they also brought slaves from the U.S. as well, too, because they were slave masters down there from the colonialists, and they were like, okay, I want to bring my slaves over here to work on this specific plantation and work on this specific area. Now, yeah, Jamaica, Black island, Black country, whatever the case may be, and Jamaica was uh, colonized by the United Kingdom, which is England. So there always been a, a form of oppression when it came to most of these West Indian countries, especially Jamaica as well, especially when it came into politics as well. The people that were running for these so-called offices were white. Yep. You know, I, I think I think they were mixed. I believe Norman Malley, yeah, Michael yeah. Malley. You some know. black ancestors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, yeah, somewhere. But, yeah. Yeah. He, but they were also backed up from either the USA or they were backed up from the Soviet Union back in those days. It was yep. Soviet, it was Russia. The two superpowers of the world. Yeah, two superpowers of the world backed yep. up. And it was looking for people to um, align with, to p- people to form an alliance with. You know? So sure. what I'm trying to say is that there's not really a, a free black country out there. There's always some type of colonial aftermath. Like, look at Haiti. Like, Haiti was yeah. the first black country to be um, liberated from slavery. But you know why? Because Haiti rose up against slave masters. Yep. They literally had to kill slave masters yeah. to get their freedom. To this day, Haiti is one of the most impoverished countries. Because of that, right? Because of that. Because of that. Yeah, the colonial powers that be still won't give them oh, yeah. equality economically. Yeah. Nope. And where did you, just out of curiosity, where'd you learn that? Did they teach you that in school? Because they didn't teach me that in school. I had to learn that later in life by being mm. my own researcher. You, yeah, you have to understand that the education that they teach in school is very much programmed. And if you want to seek knowledge, then you have to take the initiative to seek the knowledge for yourself. Yes, sir. That's what I did personally. I had to seek the knowledge for myself. Yep. And once I started to seek knowledge and once I started to gain knowledge about this history in general and also black um, black excellence, like yes. if you just find out that my lineage did not start it from slavery. Slavery was just a, a part of it, a very yeah. unfortunate part of it, but my lineage didn't start from slavery. When I start to educate myself and I start to gain more knowledge within myself, then self-love began to increase within myself. You mm. know, so like I said before, the educational system is very much programmed. It's like, okay, we want you to know this and only this. Well, it's good that it's good, like you said, that we understand the history. We have to understand the history. Yes, we do to be able to move forward and the whole history, like you said, because the history of black people was not just the last 500 years of colonialism. Like Mm. if you really think about it in the, you know, the, the grand scheme of time, basically, that was a small part of history. And unfortunately though, we're still having to deal with it today. And I really like something that you said a little while back, you said, we're doing what our ancestors wish they could have done. So I want to just say on the other side, because I grew up, you know, a white dude in the South, Mm. 
And uh, I think that people with European ancestry are also doing what they wish they could have done because <laughs> it wasn't acceptable, you know, hundreds of years ago. Like, I, I love to think if I lived a couple hundred years ago, I would have been an abolitionist. You know what I mean? Right, right, I would right. have been I would have been helping people get to Canada and get up north and I would have been yeah. fighting slavery and this and that. And you know, I have my own mixed ancestry as well that that also has to do with the same type of things, people assimilating in, into culture to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, to to um have a better life and stuff like that. So, I guess what I'm saying is I agree. I feel like culture Right now, American culture, we're all kind of doing what we wish could have been done years ago. And it kind of sucks that we still have to deal with it. But at the same time, we all have to like kind of man up and deal with it because the time is now and it's 2020. And uh, a lot of people in America would love to say and they do say, oh, well, we're post-racism. That really doesn't exist. Blah, blah, blah. This is a media scandal. The media blows mm -hmm. things up. And it's mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. no, why can't we just understand the history? You can't just say that it's over. It doesn't exist. Like, and now isn't the time to be dismissive. Um, right. And I, I do feel like, thank God that a lot of the white community for the first time is starting to step up and understand that, like, that they have to step up right now as yeah. well. If you understand the history, Europeans created this problem. So... People of that ancestry, we have to help fix that problem. Right. So I think that's also a good segue to uh, talk about some of the things you talked about in your video, which really resonated with me. One thing that you said in your video, uh, and this, again, is uh, what's going on in America, really. If y'all haven't mm -hmm. seen that video, go check it out. Check mm -hmm. out Scott's other content because it's really, really good, just personally motivating content. But... In this video in particular, you said black people we love with love and compassion. Mm -hmm. We invite people in. Hey, you're invited to the cookout. Hey, my brother, you're invited to the cookout. If anything, everybody is our brother. And that really resonated with me because growing up where I come from, I've always been a guest at the cookout. You know what I mean? Like I've always been very like invited into the culture. I've always felt a part of it. You know what I mean? And I'm really grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that because it's a bridge built between like-minded people. You talked about that as well. You said hip hop culture was a, a bridge between white and black people. And thank God for that because not only is it that, but hip hop culture, if you Google the most popular genre of music in the world, Hip hop is number one in the entire Crazy. world. Crazy, not not classic music. It, yeah, man, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So I'm just yeah. agreeing with you, and feel free to to chime in, you know, at any point, um, because I'm just making observations that you already made, and letting you know that I was grateful for those observations because they resonated. But I was gonna ask you, like, in your opinion. How has black music and culture, hip hop, reggae and other cultures, how has it been able to be so influential all around the world despite the mistreatment endured by black people in Western societies and around the world? That's a really good question. I feel like because it's music for the people, man. 
Yeah. It's music with soul. It's something that speaks to you spiritually, man. Like when right. you listen to reggae, when you listen to Bob Marley, you listen to Peter Tosh, you listen to Gregory Isaac, you listen to, you know, I'm just speaking from a reggae standpoint. Yeah. It, it's soulful. Like it's, you listen to it, the lyrics, it speaks to you. Even though you never have heard anything like this, you look at somebody like Bob Marley from yeah. a small island of Jamaica to make a global impact. Who doesn't know Bob Marley? Yeah. You know? Yep. The point where <laughs> making little national holidays like 420 and all that. But like, what I'm trying to say is that the music has soul. And no matter what color you are, no matter yeah. what nationality you are, no matter what ethnicity you are, yeah. the, the music speaks for itself. It's almost like hip hop. I'm proud to say that I'm from where hip hop started. Yeah, right on the, the Bronx. Yeah. The first hip hop party started in 1520 Cedric Avenue. Mm. I am no more than probably five blocks away from that exact building where mm. they started the right first hip hop party in the 1970s. Now, for me, hip hop is the voice of the poor. That's what it started from. It's the voice of the people that's in poverty. And the yep. people that are in poverty, they find different ways to express themselves, to express what is going on within their community. That's what hip-hop is. Right. And then when it starts to bridge the gap between white and black and different ethnicities and things like that, people mm -hmm. can resonate with it. No matter if you're white or black, you poor, you poor. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also away from the poverty aspect, it's also the spirit, the, the movement. It sounds good. It feels good. You know, it's just feel good music. Yeah. Black people created jazz. You yeah. know, black people created rock and roll, man. Yeah. On, man. Know it's, the history. Yes. Learn the history. Respect the culture. Hmm. If you're going to be within the culture. Right Period. on. All right, I got another question for you. This one is on the topic of uh, police violence and structural racism. Um, mm -hmm. This one's a two-part question, too. Uh, but basically, what do you think the demands of the movement should be? And how do you think like-minded whites and allies can be a part of that and help? I feel like they just have to be like-minded individuals, no matter if you're black or white or whatever the case may be. Equality yeah. is equality. We just need to come together and to figure out solutions. I'm going to be realistic with you. I don't see racism just ending like that. Racism is taught, man. So it's like if a person, you know, comes from a specific home and they are taught to hate black people, yeah. they're taught to hate other race and ethnicities, like that's within them. Not yeah, to say yeah. that you can't change, but if you are taught something in the household, it's culture. So some people feel like racism is culture. Yeah. Some people feel like the, the Confederate flag is culture because, oh, this is what my forefathers did. And it's going to take some time. But yeah, I love what the movement is going on right now because this is not a USA problem. This is not an American problem. This is a worldwide problem. And yeah. people are tired. The world is tired. Yeah. People, I can't believe it. There's demonstrations going on in Japan. What? Japan, you, the UK. I'm not surprised about the UK because I already know how the UK system treats black people, especially black immigrants. But yeah. Japan, New Zealand, 
China, I'm not surprised because I already know how the Chinese treats black people, especially in this time of um, the whole pandemic. I don't know if you've seen, but they were dragging out random black people out of their homes that they they paid for. But yeah, they were dragging out, you know, black people saying that we were the cause of the pandemic. What? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Jesus. <laughs> it's a lot. Like I said before, I love the uprising because I never thought I'd see something like this. You know, never. You, you. <laughs> every yeah. time it's an uprising, is in a different state. Yeah. The Rodney King, you know, that was L.A. Ferguson, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You know, but now this is a worldwide uprising. And what I love about it too, people are slowly but surely starting to get penalized for their actions as far as when it comes to racism or bigotry. And I believe in the FGC, which is the Fighting Game Community. Some people don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gamer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's right on. That I, I love. I love to play my games. So in the FGC, which is the Fighting Game Community, there was this um, one guy. I'm not gonna say his name, but I'm give an example. He went on Twitter and he said, "LOL, look," and there was a meme that says, "Water, watermelon lives matter." Right, exactly. I shook my head too. Mm. And he was quickly penalized by his peers. And the end result of that was him getting banned from the FGC, which is the fighting game community. You can't joke about what is going on, especially when innocent people are losing their lives. So people are starting to get penalized. People are starting to get called out. And also I'll sit back and I'm looking and people are really starting to show their true colors. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. Right. Yeah. It's almost like racism isn't as like covert as it was in the past. Like people right. who are prejudiced or racist or whatever you want to call it, they're like getting, uh, they're, they're ready to just like oust themselves, right. which is like, I don't know what's up with that. I, <laughs> I can't tell why they would think that's a good thing to do, but, but it's also better than having it hidden. Now they're just like, Hey, this is who I am. Mm. And we're like, okay, cool. Kind of the same with with Trump. You know, he 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 ousts himself all the time. It's not even hidden anymore. In that case, I feel like it's a good thing because we're getting to the point where it's like, hey, let's talk about it. You know, like, let's figure this shit out. Right. Let's not just sweep this under the rug and act like it doesn't exist when it clearly it does. You know, let's find a solution to the problem at what is at hand. It's going to take some time, but at least acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, since you've been marching a lot and kind of you've been in that scene in New York, do you know what like type of demands are being made as far as like, uh, well, one thing we've been talking about with Wake and Justice a lot is kind of the box that the media puts us in as Mm. far as what we can do with the police. They refer to what we can do as defunding, and abolishing, which kind of puts it in a box. Like they they create these narratives. For one thing, we'll never abolish the police. Oh, no, and no. and for them to use terms like that, it's all it's like so counterproductive. And I think they know that, which is why right. they use those terms because it'll turn so many people off. Right. And then even with defunding, it's like I think they understand that we can only defund our way out of this so much. So one thing we've been talking about is like this idea of democratizing police, which mm. is a different type of uh, idea. 
and Noam Chomsky and a few other people have talked about this, but basically like the idea of democratizing police would be that communities hire a liaison who would kind of come into the neighborhood and that person would um, be held accountable by a committee who was elected by the people. Mm. And that committee would basically give that um, police liaison their tasks in the community, what they can and can't do. I feel like now we're having a different conversation. Right. What are those talks like in New York? Do you, do you have any idea right now? Like, are people talking about defunding or like? Yeah, I see talks about defunding it. Yeah. Um, yeah there, but it's not so much of a big talk. You know, I don't think defunding the police is going to do anything, to be quite honest. I think it's time to place some laws, you know, if a uh, police officer kills someone or antagonize someone, you yeah. know, w- without proof or without any justice or anything like that, there has to be some kind of consequences for the person's action. Has to be some kind of accountability. Like, I mean, to this day, I do not understand. Like everything is just mind-boggling to me. But this whole Breonna Taylor situation, man, because oh, I'm thinking about, I put myself in the shoes of, of the boyfriend. Like, right. you know, I'm chilling. I'm in the house, and I'm probably thinking about what I'm gonna do the next day with my girl or whatever. And then cops start busting in my house. Shit just happens very fast. You know, I have my gun, which is licensed. I can use my shit. And then all of a sudden, the, sh- the cops shoot my girl in front of my face. Like, you you thought, you you thought this was a drug house. Yeah. You made assumptions that crime and drug paraphernalia was in this house, mm-hmm. right? No no concrete evidence. Nothing that's, like, really solid. Like, okay, let's go in and let's bust these guys. Wow. Rest in peace, Breonna Taylor. That, 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 that story really shocks me to this day. Yeah. Wow. But it's very telling to the state of our country. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to call it what it is. Like, I mean, we live right. in a police state. The The type of control they're allowed to have in, in our day-to-day life mm-hmm. is through the roof. It's too much. It's too much. And it has to be reeled back in. Because it's freaking horrible, man. We shouldn't have to have these conversations. A, a Breonna Taylor, a story like that is like, I mean, dude, it kills me little by little in my heart every time I have to hear another one of these. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. It's like another one. Like, you know, as soon as you turn your head or, you know, it's not like you're over it, but you're just like. Numb. Yeah. And yeah. then. All of a sudden, another one, another thing happens, and another thing happens, and another thing happens, and you know, and then people trying to come up with statistics saying that oh, white people are more, more white people uh, have more probability and more chances to get be shot by a cop. When there was a video, I still remember to this day. There was a video that was posted on social media, and this lady got stopped by a white cop, (laughs) and she was scared for her life. And the cop calmed it down and said, listen, you're white. It's okay. No oh, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good he got Lord. fired. He got fired for saying that. But oh my God. That, is the, that is the blatant truth exposing itself. The cop literally told the lady, calm down. You're white. It's okay. I'm not going to do anything to you. 
Huh? Oh yeah. Good lord. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. so so you can't deny that. The only way the only it. reason people are trying to deny it is because of what we talked about earlier. They don't understand history. They don't understand colonialism and just like what has happened in all these countries in North and South America and the Caribbean. They don't mm. understand it. No. They just don't. And they they see the world in a very limited way. And people like that, they love to say stuff like, well, look at Michael Jordan. Look how much money he has. There's black billionaires and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but you don't understand the umbrella of mm. white supremacy that they have to live under. Right. They want to so, act oblivious to it. Exactly. And and the thing is, they might be like, who knows? Like people like you and me, like we're, we're seekers. You know what right. I mean? We dig. We want to know why. We want to understand the history and and the reason being is so that we can actually like move forward and progress, mm. you know? It goes back to what you said about ev evolving your mind, body, and soul, right? Yeah. And that's why your content originally resonated so much because I knew that's what you were doing yeah. before. You didn't even have to say that, but you, I knew you were just elevating people on those levels. So that kind of brings me to my last question. How do you think um, people in their own communities can get involved in not only promoting personal fitness and improving their diets, but how can they, by doing so, help their own community? So I want to put it on a personal level, right? Because mm -hmm. we want to motivate people. It starts with you, you know what I mean? Like each one of us individually. Like I said before, you got to be example. You got to be example and then people going to follow. That's how energy is. Energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred. So if somebody out there in the community is putting out good energy, taking care of themselves, mm -hmm. eating the right foods, being more spiritual, um, being more positive, then that can definitely impact the community in a whole itself. I, I take it for example. For me, I, I mean, I came from the Bronx, you know, <laughs> you know I came from Highbridge. Yeah. And I must admit that I'm not going to change everybody within the community. Of course. But personally speaking, people always come up to me like, yo, Scott, like, you know, what you've been doing? Like, your skin is clearing up, you know? Like, there's an aura. There's a certain aura around a person that makes you become attracted to them. And you want to ask questions and you be like, wow, like, there's a certain light or a certain aura. So... If that person has that aura and they can continue to spread that kind of energy and it will for sure benefit the community, you know, where people are, are more positive, people are more welcoming, people are more inclusive to find solutions to problems within the community. So I feel like there needs to be a more uh, awareness when it comes to things like that, especially when it comes to health and fitness, when it comes to just overall health in general, man. We yes. need to start drinking more water. We need to start reading more, researching more. We need to start helping one another. We need to start being more selfless instead of selfish. And you'll see it, you know, start to make some changes, start to make some growth. Yeah. So basically, like, I totally agree. It starts with ourselves. And uh, with that being said, man, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, do this podcast with me today because it really does mean a lot, man. Fun, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm super grateful fun, and I really um, admire your content and what you put out. Um, Thank you, can, man. 
Yeah, you got it. Can you give the people your uh, social media links and uh, YouTube? Like, do do all your shout outs for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so YouTube is simple. Um, just put Scott Bernhard. Yep. Also, Instagram is the same thing. Scott, S-C-O-T-T, underscore, B-U-R-N-H-A-R-D. You know, I'm there. Uh, right <laughs> Facebook on. is Scott Bernard, S-C-O-T-T-B-R-N-A-R-D. So you can find me on Facebook as well. Twitter is Scott Bernhard. Um, yeah, and that's it. And also my email as well is coachscottbh at gmail.com. That's coachscott, C-O-A-C-H-S-C-O-T-T-B-H at gmail.com. So, yeah, Bam. if you want to send me an email or something like that, all at me. Talk to me. You know somebody's cool as hell if they give you their personal email on a podcast. So that just shows you Scott <laughs> yeah. is ready to help out in any way possible. So y'all heard it here. Thank y'all so much for joining us and, and listening to the whole podcast today. And thank you, Scott. It really does mean a lot, man. I appreciate yeah, man. it, bro. No, listen, man. It was definitely an honor. I appreciate you, my brother. You kind of inspired me. I think I'm going to shoot a video and edit today as well. That's good, man. That. That's what it's all about. That co-inspiration. Hey, yeah, what'd you yeah. say yesterday in the video? You said uh, collaboration over competition. Over competition. That's it. That's, Dude, that's I might have to use that in my day-to-day life. Yeah, that's man. a great motto right there. I love yeah. that. Austin, you are the man. Like I was very excited to uh, do this. Um, hey, thank you so much, sure. bro. Yeah. <laughs> much respect. Much yeah. respect. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace, right, brother. Man, yeah, peace. Yo, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're currently involved in a local project that strengthens the links in your local food supply chain, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at wakingjustice.org and tell us about your work. And if you want to learn more about local revolutionaries making evolutionary change in their communities, find us on your favorite podcast platform or head on over to wakingjustice.org to meet the team, check out more episodes, and learn more about the project. And to become a financial supporter of this podcast and to gain access to members-only content, visit patreon.com wakingjustice. And remember, the real revolution builds self-reliance and community resilience. That's why the real revolution is a local revolt. Must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. If this is justice is waking, justice is rising, justice is waking, justice is rising, justice is waking, justice is rising, Justice is rising and it ain't just us, it's all of us. If it's our love.